0: To you men out there, you fellow men, this is a conversation to you and for you, frankly, and it is what's happening to us. But before we get there, we're going to go ahead and give a shout-out to today's sponsor, and that is the Expat Money Show. Now, if you head over to com forward slash expat, you're going to go ahead and not only check out this awesome podcast from our good friend, Mikel Thorpe, that focuses on how to protect the money that you've worked so hard to earn from those ambulance-chasing lawyers, nefarious creditors, and greedy, unjust governments, but also you can sign up for the amazing free virtual summit taking place November seventh. through November 11th. It is the Expat Money Summit. And breaking news, I cannot believe I get the opportunity to even say this. The one, the only Ron Paul will be uh, one of the keynote speakers here for the Expat Money Summit. So head over to BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash expat and uh, make sure you can not only join our good friend, Mikel Thorpe, but also find how he helps people just like you invest internationally, secure second passports and residencies, eliminate your tax bill, and take advantage of offshore structures so you can travel the world freely and never have to worry about money again and oh yes one more time that virtual summit it is free com forward slash expat all right folks so on to the program today i'm excited to have this uh, conversation because frankly men it's time for us to have this conversation because there's been a lot of issues taking place especially us uh gents here in america so joining us on the program today kathy reisenwitz welcome to the brian nickel show Hey Brian, so good to be here. I'm so happy to have you, Kathy. Thank you for joining us because we're talking about a very serious issue, and that is men out there. There have been issues that have been plaguing men across the the left and right. It seems for the past 20, 30 years, and it's been getting exponentially worse. Whether you're looking at the way that men interact with their partners, uh, the way that men interact in sexual relationships, the way men have interacted with their their occupations and and what their role is in society, we've seen really, uh, across the board, a redefining or maybe a lack of defining of what it means to be a guy, be a man in America or in the world today. Kathy, I know you have some uh, perspectives and some thoughts there, but before we get there, do us a favor, introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience.
1: Absolutely. So I'm Kathy Reisenwitz, and I am a writer, activist, and OnlyFans creator. I have a newsletter called Sex in the State You can find it at kathirisenwitz.substack.com. I'm on OF at OF.com slash kathirisenwitz. And um, I've been in the libertarian sphere for many years now. I've written for Fee and Reason um, and many other outlets. And um, my main focus is obviously government oppression, um, but I'm also particularly interested in matters of sex and gender
0: as I'm taking a drink of my water, I apologize. So let's talk about sex and gender, right? Um, this is an area right now, and let's talk about men specifically, where we're seeing there's been a big split in conversation in terms of, well, what does it mean to be a guy? And this is, I think, actually been peaking its head for the past few years. I teased that a little bit in the intro, that your average guy doesn't really know what it means to be a guy. And I've seen this in, in some of the, the people I've been friends with over the years. And you know, it's frankly, some guys that have fallen out of my friend's circle because they themselves are so insecure in what it means to be a guy that they don't know how to really have those relationships, to have sometimes uncomfortable conversations. And we get into this world where a lot of men put on the 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 bubble. They they get into their own, you know, kind of zone and they do their own thing. And they live with their issues, they live with their problems. And they don't talk about it with anybody else. So talk to me, Kathy, what's the issue that you've been seeing? And where are you seeing men maybe starting to to look for some help in areas that they haven't been looking for help in in ways in the past?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a very complicated, interrelated issue. Um, But one of the things that I've really noticed is that um, the kind of standard of a male breadwinner marriage is becoming less and less feasible over time. So several trends are playing into this. One is women's labor force participation rates and average wages are growing, while men's uh, labor force participation rates um, are declining and, and low, and um, their wages have been stagnant. The bottom 75% of men in terms of income, their wages have been stagnant since nineteen the 1970s. Um, and meanwhile, you know, cost disease means that uh, the cost of our biggest expenditures, housing, um, education, healthcare, mm-hmm. things like that are increasing. And so um, it's going to be impossible, in other words, uh, in the near future. And already it is impossible for a lot of Americans to have a male breadwinner um, model of marriage. And so um Essentially, you know, when you have low and declining labor force participation rates, so that means, you know, for a cohort of, of American native born men um, from roughly like 18 to 30, there's something like 20 percent of men who are just um, called neat, which means not in education, empl- employment or training. Um, so, you know, how do we get these men into the labor force um, and then. You know, how do we make marriage happen and how do we uh, redefine masculinity in light of these economic, macroeconomic changes? Um, so these are some of the things that I'm, I'm kind of grappling with. And then also the knock on effects of, uh, these macroeconomic, on macroeconomic changes. And then another thing that I think is really playing into this is that. Demand for um, male-coded labor is low and declining, and uh, demand for feminine-coded labor is increasing. And all this is just going to make it ever more difficult to maintain the male breadwinner um, model of marriage. And so, you know, how do we get these men out of their homes, into jobs, into marriages, and into a model of masculinity that is healthy and workable in the new economic reality? And
0: I guess it goes also back to what's the role? of a guy going forward, right? right? Like the, and you talked about it cuz this is kind of how it used to just be, right? Men were the bread breadwinners, women were at home with the kids. That that just that was life. And things have changed so I think not only things have changed, but I think to your point, they're changing so quickly that now it's it's we're seeing almost institutional roles change to the point that a lot of men are still I mean, I, I Look, we just had our, our past, uh, our last uh, band of brothers, D-Day uh, survivor pass away from World War II. He's like 102 years old. So to think, what was his. You know, back when he was a kid, what was it to be a man versus to where he ended up passing away in 2022, what it is to be a man today? And you can see, yeah, there's a lot of ambiguity in between from where he was to where we are today. So it's hard for even men today to look to other men to ask, what does it mean to be a man? Because you're going to get so many different answers.
1: Right. And there was that one time, roughly from like the um, 50s to the 70s where the model of masculinity was pretty clear cut, Um, you know, you got a job and you found a wife and you provided for your family financially. Um, That was a time when demand for uh, manufacturing and agricultural labor was very high. Um, The demand for uh, jobs where the biggest attribute you can bring is physical strength and stamina the 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 demand for that labor is is much lower than it was then and it is only declining and so um it used to be that a low-skill man could expect to have a job that could provide for a wife and family and buy him a car or two cars and a house um, without a college degree and without any special skills that time is over Um, that's not true anymore and so how do we redefine masculinity um, and change uh, our systems in such a way that uh, low-skill, low-education men have a place in society.
0: Mm. Let me ask you this, Kathy. Do, do you... S- and I, I see it as a guy, I think that there is absolutely a, a bent t- against men in many cases in the way that men are, are approached in society. And I think it's tough because a lot of men just don't... They don't feel comfortable in, in raising this as a concern, because of the the narrative and the approach of well you're you're, you know you've had it great for so long oh the patriarchal man oh you mansplaining like all those those almost just rejections have now turned into realities for millions of men so what are you seeing as a means to maybe help engage men into the conversation because frankly I've heard and I've seen that's partly why a lot of men keep to themselves is because they don't want the the social beratement. They don't want to feel that they're being a nuisance, but at the same point in time, they're looking for help and they're not sure if they're going to get it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of why I started this project is because I see a lot of conversation around what's happening to men, um, from like two equally unhelpful sides, um, the one side kind of tries to deny reality, um, and say, oh, you know, men just need to be men or, um, you know, we just need to promote marriage or, you know, men just need to work harder. And it's like, well, no, there are structural forces in play that are keeping men, or at least making it more difficult for men, uh, to lead the lives that their fathers and grandfathers led. Um, and then from the other side, I see a lot of, uh, yeah, like you're saying, like, um, men have it easy, men have an advantage, men are too advantaged in society. And it's like, well, that's true in certain ways. There are certain ways in which men are absolutely still advantaged in society, but it's not uniform, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're not advantaged first in every aspect of society, certainly. And um, much more importantly, um, there's a certain class and kind of man that is much more uniformly Uh, advantage in our society. But there's a whole bunch of men who don't really get to um, benefit from those advantages. And so I'm trying to look at it from like, neither unhelpful frame and try to look at it from a more uh, comprehensive, accurate frame. And I think, you know, one thing that we want to do is like, stop, um, you know, denying reality as far as, you know, Yes, it is, I think, still on net a privilege in America to be born male, but that doesn't mean everything is going to be handed to you. It doesn't mean there are no circumstances in which it is unhelpful to be um, born male bodied. Um, And so, you know, to just look at the totality of what's going on and, um, you know, I just want to stop the conversation from being men versus women. Like, I think that's completely unhelpful and say, how do we all come together together? and find where society is, is failing men um, so we can all thrive.
0: Yeah, well, and what you're asking for is, is nuance. <laughs> you're asking for empathy. And, and frankly, that is something that is so not only necessary for this conversation, but it's so often rejected from the conversation that you see why there is such a schism and why this has been such a difficult conversation for so many folks to take part in. And, and frankly, it also leads to why we see so many of the issues that we see where you'll have a tough guy, strong man, or at least the, the caricature, right, the perception of what the tough guy, the, you know, look at Trump, that is exactly what Trump, he represented was this Idealistic guy, and in, in what every guy could pursue, like in life, you could be the billionaire with all the women and and the the fancy cars and all the buildings with your name on it, and that's what it meant to be a guy. But that's not what it means to be a guy. And frankly, is Trump really you know solid in his own masculinity? I wouldn't think so. You see the way he approaches a lot of very masculine issues, and he gets very weary on it. So you can even see he doesn't even buy his own BS, Kathy. So I think it's important, especially on a lot of guys out there to almost take the stand and reclaim to your point, what does it mean to be a man? But, and let me ask you this, because you'll see the flip side, you almost see, and pardon the expression, the beatification of a lot of guys where it's been pushed for men to embrace and accept these roles that they've been almost pushed into, regardless if they like it or not, whether, and, and that is a conversation, I think, right there that, hey, let's have that conversation. What do you want to do? Let's figure out what you want to do. But because a lot of men have just so much abdicated any of that kind of sense of direction, they just assume these roles. And I guess, is that maybe one of the things we should be looking against, is men who just kind of accept life, accept whatever role is thrust upon them, and it makes them, I don't want to say less of a man, but at least it gives them less of a say in what it means for them to be a man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, masculinity is under attack both from the left and the right. I think that it's under attack from the left in in pretty obvious ways, but I think it's under attack from the right in the kinds of things you're bringing up that it redefines masculinity in a very selfish, boorish, uh, rude, um, uh, negative way, right? Like Trump should not represent masculinity for anyone. And so I think that, you know, if we're going to have masculinity be physical strength and stamina, full stop, um, that's just not very useful in the modern economy and in the modern world. But I think that if we're going to focus on the aspects of masculinity, like personal sacrifice, like bravery, like um, competitiveness, like a certain amount of aggression, right? These are things that are still very useful in the market economy and in the world today. Um, I think, you know, a certain uh, abdication of self, a certain willingness to sacrifice um, is something that is uh, a healthy masculinity. And it's interesting that you when you look at immigrant men, um, you see a a much higher rates of marriage and labor force participation. Mm -hmm. And what you often see is that immigrant men are more willing than native born men um, to take whatever kinds of jobs are available to them. And to enter into marriages before they have a certain level of economic security and work with their wives um, to to work up into that place of economic security as opposed to either giving up or um waiting until they're they're you know quote-unquote ready to get married and so these are some of the things that i think we need to have conversations about um there's a certain amount of uh you know quote-unquote feminizing that probably a lot of men will have to do because the jobs of the future require uh, emotional um, maturity and intelligence um, and patience and the ability to sit still um, and things that traditionally men are not socialized to be great at. Um, But there are aspects of of masculinity that I think will will always be useful in society. And I'd like to see our culture. uh, prop up and, and teach men about those aspects of masculinity, um, instead of just being like a big, strong brute, right. That's just not that useful anymore.
0: No. Well, I I mean, right. It's your point. That's not useful anymore. Is it a component I do think you know it is important for men to at least be physically fit and healthy because I I can say that as a guy I used to weigh 385 right I was a big boy and I know I can objectively state life is infinitely better now versus when it was versus when I was a big boy and the reason being is because not only am I more confident in my my abilities right but also I then I can I can almost personify that confidence I can live and breathe that confidence versus before it was just, I was always living in a shell and this is true for anybody, by the way, if you're looking to, to get healthy, like I cannot encourage you and not to please Im- improve your, your physical you know, well-being because it's going to pay the dividends in the long run. But to your point, it's not just to go and lift weights until you're a big meathead and that's all you based your identity on. Just it's the same thing we talk about our libertarian friends. The whole point is not to become a libertarian and be the best version of libertarian self. It's to be the best version of a well-rounded self. And how important is it to actually be a true well-rounded individual individual. And I think what you're speaking to, Kathy, and this is something that we see this in all great societies, is that you take the things that Every single person can bring a value to the table and you, you use those things together in tandem. So it's the, the things that men can do well. You mentioned the the certain things like uh sacrifice, consistency, uh the, the aggression, even the little bit of aggression, right? That is important to help move things along, but also from the, the feminine side that you need to have the empathy, the understanding, the the, the kindness and being able to bridge those worlds together. I mean, look at Gary Vee. I don't care if people love him or hate him. He's become one of the most successful entrepreneurs out there because he has embraced this unique sense of Gary V. masculinity that is very focused, driven, intensity. But at the same point that in time, it. yeah, like passion, empathy, understanding. And that has made him to be have a, a superpower. And if more men can embrace that kind of superpower... I dare say, Kathy, a lot of the problems that we're identifying today, they'd be solved in a heartbeat because now men would start to find there's more to life than what you think is just the sexual desires or just the, you know, the, the physical desires or the financial desires, whatever those little things you've set to be the the things that you must accomplish in order to to check the box of being a man, that you realize there's so much more to that. And that really with the so much more that there is to, to look at, there's so much more value you can you can go and enjoy from.
1: Totally. And I think that, you know, this project and and this whole thing is absolutely not about saying, you know, men are useless and masculinity is useless. Like not at all. I think men are, are wonderful. And I think masculinity is wonderful. Um, I just think that there is opportunity to evolve masculinity. I, I think we've done an amazing job as a society of evolving femininity. Right. The definition and the uh um, there's so many ways that women um, can talk about and uh, tailor femininity to our goals and what serves us And that's what I think these constructs should do. We shouldn't serve femininity or masculinity. Our conceptions of femininity and masculinity should serve us. And so I think we've had a cultural script and a cultural movement um, around evolving femininity just to better serve women. And I just think that, that men need the same thing. Like how do we evolve the scripts and expectations and narratives around masculinity in such a way that it's serving men?
0: Oh, Amen. Well, Kathy, unfortunately, we're already in the back half of the episode, meaning I want to make sure we obviously point folks the right way towards being able to learn more about all the great work you're doing to help continue this conversation, but also they can go ahead and financially support you because you have a sub stack. It's sex in the state. Talk to us about that.
1: Absolutely. So I'm exploring these issues and more um, with political screeds and personal essays at Sex and the State. So you can Google that or you can go to kathyreisenwitz.substack.com. That is C-A-T-H-Y-R-E-I-S-E-N-W-I-T-Z. And if you want to uh, follow my thoughts on a regular basis, I'm also very active on Twitter. So that's at kathyreisenwitz. And if you want to financially support me and see me naked, I am uh, onlyfans.com slash Thank you so much for letting me talk about my stuff and my thoughts and having me on, I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. And I bet the audience didn't expect that last one. If you want to see you naked, well, there you go. That's a that's a Brian Nichols show exclusive. And probably the <laughs> first time you'll ever hear that here on the program. So with that being said, yes, no folks, thank you so much for joining us, Kathy. And folks, if you enjoyed today's episode, I'm going to ask you, please do me a favor, go ahead and give today's episode a share. And Hey, I'm going to challenge you. If you're a guy listening to this episode and this kind of hit home to you, well, number one, please let me know. Email me, Brian at Brian show.com. But number two, I would love it if you reach out to Kathy, give her a note, tell her that you really appreciate her appearing. I know folks love to hear um, from guests, or rather hear from the audience when they're guests here in the Brian Nichols show. So please go ahead, reach out to Kathy and tell her that you really appreciate her words and and go ahead and learn more. Go ahead, support her Substack, and obviously go ahead and uh, follow her at all the different uh, mediums. Twitter, OnlyFans, wherever it may be. And folks, thank you for joining us on today's episode. With that being said, did you check out our awesome conversation last week? Uh, we talked about Texit. Yeah, Texit. Make sure uh, you go ahead. I'll include that link right here below for uh, for you YouTube watcher. I'll see you over there. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off. You're on The Brian Nichols Show for Kathy Reisenwitz. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com today.